The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Dr. Oke Onuzo is a consultant nephrologist and a pioneer physician of the first private dialysis center in Nigeria for the treatment of patients with kidney failure and related conditions. He was trained both in Nigeria and the USA. Dr. Onuzo received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior on October 28, 1970 at a guest invitational service. On the night of June 28, he had a vivid dream where a voice asked him to wake up and read John chapter 6, verse 20. That scripture reads, It is I, be not afraid. That was his first encounter with Jesus. It changed his life entirely and set him on a course to know the one who has called him. In the summer of 1973, at an anointing service at the University of Ibadan in Nigeria, he received an apostolic calling with emphasis on the teaching and the prophetic ministries. He has watched over the years as the Holy Spirit has exposed and expanded these callings to touch several lives in different parts of the world. Dr. Onuzo has published quite a few books that include Pathway to Controversial Prayer, You May Kiss the Bride, and God's Will, The Way to Power. For several years, he has circulated a monthly meditation to various parts of the world. Dr. Onuzo is an acknowledged conference and seminar speaker in different parts of the world. He continues to be available for the work of ministry despite his clinical work. He is also the associate pastor of the National Headquarters Church of the Foursquare Gospel Church in Nigeria. He is married to Miriam, a medical doctor, and they are blessed with four children. Let's put our hands for the Lord Jesus as we welcome Dr. O.K. Onuza to bring the word of God to us. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Someone praise the Lord. My wife and I are pleased to be here today. Amen. Our meditation centers on spiritual empowerment. And it's a way you and I can not do our own thing, but fit into what God is doing. Okay, so we take the hymn that says, God is working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. How many people know that hymn? Uh-oh. You know, the Bible says, sing psalms and what? And then spiritual songs. Yeah, we sang spiritual songs. It's time to do hymns. Amen. God is working his purpose out. As 
Father, we have expectations that this earth will one day be filled with the glory of our God as the waters cover the sea. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning to present ourselves at your feet that it may please you to so empower us that we will be vessels that will hasten this time when the earth shall be filled with the glory of our God as the waters cover the sea. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, choir. Come with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. That's one. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites of the, and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, verse 12, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. 
When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And somebody said, Amen. You and I know, I hope, some of the antecedents of Moses that he was born by his parents, Amram and Yoshebed, and that Pharaoh had a decree out to kill every male child. And that the parents of Moses, by faith, hid him for three months. And by faith, his mother put him in a basket and left him on the river Nile. And asked his sister, Miriam, to watch and see what would happen to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came to bath in the Nile, saw the basket, and retrieved Moses. And Miriam appeared and said, Can I find you a nurse for him? And that's how Moses returned home. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> You know, every time I think about that story, I said in the morning, Yoshebed was weeping bitterly at the kind of oppression that will make a woman leave such a handsome boy in the sea, in the river. But you see, that's the power of faith. That same day, there will be royal guards stationed in front of their home. There will be mules bringing provision from Pharaoh's palace because a prince of Egypt now lives here. That's God. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if you think about it, because that's why empowerment is very important, there would be other families who also had boys, okay, who would be looking for ways to save their own boy. And some of them, of course, in the world will say, well, Miriam, why don't you go and befriend an Egyptian general? Abi, that is a solution. Why don't you go and do this? Why don't we bribe so-and-so? Why don't we, you see, people who are not empowered, they will have the worldly solution. That's what is happening today. That's what is happening. 
You know, in that office where I'm applying for contract, if you don't give them money, you won't get it. This is Nigeria. There is nothing I can... Uh, yes. And yet, other people have said, no, I won't do it. I will not do it. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. There will be others. You are still single. You are still single. Ah. You know, all these boys, if you don't sleep with them, they won't marry you. If that's the only way to get married, I will remain a... Yes. Empowered people that are defiant. They are defiant. Because they trust God. Moses grew up as a prince of Egypt. But he knew he was Hebrew. He knew he was Hebrew. The Bible says one day he went out to look at the kind of lives the Hebrews were living. And he was completely incensed. The, the oppression of the slavery. And then what did he do? He saw an Egyptian oppressing a Hebrew. What did he do? He killed the Egyptian. That's, that's how people who are not empowered behave. They use, they develop their own solution. You have seen this oppression, but what is the solution? Killing one Egyptian doesn't make any sense. It will not solve uh, the problem. It will not solve the problem. It will not solve the problem. In fact, all it ended up doing was to make Moses a fugitive from justice. He had to what? Run away. Yes. But now our story begins that day he encountered God. And God said, Moses, I want you to go and lead Israel out of his, the Hebrews out of slavery. That thing you wanted to do 40 years ago and you had no clue how to do it. I want you to go and do it now. That's how we know that. A man is not ready until God is there. Oh, yes. A person can be jumping up and down. I'm really ready now. I'm really ready now. God takes one look. So. <laughs> not ready yet. That's why we serve our tutelage. Everybody must serve his tutelage until you understand, until God is ready. He sees that, yes, I can now empower you. I can now empower you. And in that encounter, God gives Moses his first lesson. And what is that first lesson? Take your sandals off your feet. Because what you are about to undertake is what? Holy business. Holy. Holy. That cannot change. Some people are saying the Old Testament is irrelevant. I said, if the Old Testament is irrelevant, you cannot know God. It's in the Old Testament you see how God deals with people. The New Testament is Jesus. It's perfect. 
It's in the Old Testament that you see people rise and fall now. And then go steady. Then you can see that if you fall, it doesn't mean you're finished. That you can rise up again like David. You know, I tell people that David committed adultery. Everybody says David committed adultery. I say, but, um, but um, after Nathan said you are the man, did you hear such a thing again? No. No. It was one fall and then that was it. And that's why God could still say, I have found David, the son of Jesse. A man what? After my heart. Yes. Yes, he, was, he empowered him, you know, to, to give Israel, become the founding father of the nation of Israel. So Moses encountered God and God commissioned him. God commissioned him. Now, we live in a country in desperate need of empowered people. This country is in desperate need at every corner. Even if you are in the marketplace, everybody is selling rotten food to make gain. You are throwing your own away. Yes, I can't be part of this. I cannot be part of this corruption and evil. I can't empower. He said, but, but how are you going to prosper? He said, but even if I don't prosper, so be it. But I wouldn't be part of the evil. That's the challenge. Empowered people are needed to shine the light at every corner. Every corner. Some people are thinking it's only when you become a senator or you become a federal minister or a state commissioner. That's when you can really do something. If you can't do something where you are now, when you get there, you won't do anything. I've known a man who was a federal minister. I, I, I preach in their church. So one day, one of their members was uh, giving me a lift. I said, this your man, did he do any good? How did he perform? The man said to me, he did not do any good. He said, I'm not sure he didn't do evil. Is that a testimony? <laughs> he said, this man did not do any good, but I cannot say that he did not do evil. A Christian. You see? That means... That means you were, you were not empowered. That means you went there and the place swallowed you up. Totally. You know, a lot of people, they, 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 they get into a position, the place drowns them. Before you know where you are, you cannot recognize them at all. You can't recognize them again. You cannot recognize them again. That's why we talk about spiritual empowerment. So that when you get there, you will know that you are representing God. No matter where you find yourself. Say, I represent God here. I represent God here. And I will shine the light of Jesus here. In 
In the Old Testament, we find what we call specific, individual, specific empowerment. That's why you see them. Ezekiel 22, 30, God said, I saw wickedness. I saw oppression. I saw evil. I heard prophets prophesying lies. I looked for how many people? A man. I look for somebody that can stand up and say, this is wrong. This is not our calling in Christ. This is not, this is not what Jesus brought here. But in the New Testament, we have what we call universal empowerment. It's no longer like the Old Testament. Now, on the day of Pentecost, what did Peter say? That what you are seeing is the promise in the book of Joel. That in the last days, I will pour my spirit upon how many? So you see, nobody can sit in that, can sit down in church and say, well, I don't know, maybe they, have, they don't want to empower me. I know, the Holy Spirit has been given. The Holy Spirit has been given. And so nobody has an excuse for feeling defeated, feeling weak, feeling uh, intimidated by the enemy. Nobody has an excuse. Nobody in church has an excuse. Nobody. I was uh, sharing in a certain place the other day. I said, everywhere you go, you know, and you need, you see a challenge before you. You can ask for the specific power you need to overcome it. If you always go where they make you do what you know you shouldn't be doing, ask for power to be able to say no. And then you get in there, You've been saying yes, 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 yes. Today you say no. Say, ah, what's wrong with you? I say no. Ah, I've been saying yes before, but it's wrong. I say no now. He says, I think something is wrong with you. Yeah, let it be. I prefer that something to continue to be wrong with me. Yes, let it continue to be wrong with me. And that's why you see, when you are empowered, people think you are out of uh, your mind. Yes. That you want to commit a financial suicide. You want to commit a success suicide. You don't, you, you, you don't, you don't know what the world is uh, doing and saying. Yes. Everybody, nobody can dare do those things on their own. No. They, they never sent us to do it on our own. Jesus said to the disciples, Tarry ye, Luke 24, 49, Tarry ye, in the city of Jerusalem until you are what? Endued with power from on high. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Part of our problem is that even though we are in church, we, we don't understand the roadmap of our calling in Christ. There is a roadmap and you know, uh, uh, if you are if you are if you are trying to uh, train dancers, you have the model. You say, see, here is the 
the, the, the man that I want you to be like. Okay? Do you know that that's the same thing God did? The Bible says from eternity, he knew he will send Jesus. And why did he send Jesus? Somebody wakes you up in the morning and say, why did he send Jesus? Number one, to save us from our sins. Abby? Yes, to save us from our sins. So that we will no longer be sinners. But do you know that there is something that is missing in that? And that which is missing is in verse 29 of Romans chapter 8. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into what? The image of his son. As you and I are sitting here this morning, we have our work cut out for us. God saved you and I so that we will be like who? Jesus. Yes. So that we will be like Jesus. Several years ago, a man of God uh, uh, came out in this country preaching righteousness and he had certain habits. Okay? He had certain habits. And one of those habits is that he didn't wear suit. He used to wear gray trousers, white short sleeve set, and a pair of uh, sandals. And there was another habit that he had. He always carried his Bible in his left uh, armpit. Yes. So all the people that went to his uh, uh, fellowship then, they started putting their Bible. Mm-hmm. Started putting their Bible in their armpit. They started wearing gray trousers. They started wearing a white uh, slough, she says. They didn't say you and I should be like Jesus in his dressing. He's not in his dressing. <laughs> it is to be like him in his character. It's to be like him in his character. <clears throat> to love God like Jesus. To obey God like Jesus. You heard his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be your will, let this cup do what? Pass away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, that's how to be like Jesus. That's how to be like Jesus. He said, God, those he foreknew, he predestined to be molded, conformed, shaped like in character and conduct. Jesus. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, in this church we will have as many as we are all Jesuses. You see, nobody said amen. Only a few people. You don't want to be like Jesus. <laughs> you know, some people will say, "Ah, I don't want to be like Jesus like that. If I be like Jesus, my husband will just be cheating me. Then I will be humble. Then I will be serving. Then, you know, everybody will be cheating me. Everybody will be taking advantage of me. Of course. Of course. If you be like Jesus, people will be taking advantage of you. Some will even, one of my drivers, he, 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 he took petrol from my car. And I caught him. 
And I said, I'm going to sack you. He said, no, you cannot sack me now. You just forgive me. <laughs> of course, when you be like Jesus, people will take advantage of you. Yes, they will do, they'll presume all kinds of things. And they will expect you not to, uh, yes, not to react. Uh, uh, yeah, like Jesus now. <laughs> But it's important to understand that nobody can be like Jesus without empowerment. Oh, it's not possible. Because you see, if you, are, if you do it for one week, the next week you say, well, let us uh, suspend this. Uh, you know, yes, people are taking too much uh, advantage. Yes, yes. Now, the Bible says, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, because justification brings you to the point where you have become a what? A Christian. But then he didn't stop there. Those he justified, he also what? Glorified. Yes, he put his glory upon their lives. He empowered them so that they can shine in the world of darkness. Can you say amen to that? So, Moses became the voice of God to the people. Moses became the one always going to find out from God what do you want us to what? To do. Empowerment is to position a man for spiritual leadership. You see, when you talk about spiritual leadership, people are thinking only of pastors. No. In your home, you're a spiritual leader. You're a spiritual leader. If you don't get it right, you'll soon see what it will do to your children. You know? If you, if you do, tell them one thing at the family altar and do another, you'll soon hear them saying, my father is a hypocrite. Oh, these days, children talk. It's not like before. In our own day, we will just be watching. <laughs> Nowadays, he said, Chai. one boy came to, in fact, he was telling another uh, friend of his, he said, my father is very corrupt. <laughs> 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 oh, yes, they're watching. And you see, it makes them cynical of the whole thing. Moses was a response, an answer to prayer. Did you hear what God said to him? I have heard, I have seen the oppression of what? My people. Yes. And I have heard their cries. Yes. Now, you see, now come. I want to make you the what? The answer. The answer to their prayers. That's what God wants to do. You and I, be the answer. Be the answer here. You be the answer there. You be the answer in the other place. Not join them. Not let them keep your mouth uh, shut. No. Be the answer. Be the answer. Speak up. Stand up. Speak for God. 
Nobody is suggesting that this is easy. That's why the first response of Moses was what? Who am I? Lord, do you know? Pharaoh. Pharaoh has the power of life and what? Yes. Who am I to go to Pharaoh to release the slaves? But how did God begin to empower him? He said to him, Moses, I will be with who? Yes. That's always how you know a man is empowered. He is confident that God is with who? Is with him. Oh, yes. I cannot send you alone. So, so, as you're sitting here thinking about, oh, what I can do where I am to bring about light in the world of darkness. Oh, seek empowerment. So that you will go there confident that God is with you. God is with me. God is with me. Now, now, it's important to understand this because there are many people who feel intimidated by the situation and by the circumstance and by personalities. A young man said to me in our office, okay, we give out money, you know, for incentives. Said my old guy is a pastor. Every time the people come to collect money, he will call me. He said, you know, that thing, that's the man that has come, that thing. So, I said to him, why should you be the one giving it? Okay, Oga can give it if he, if he wants to give it. So the next time he calls, you say, Oga, I cannot continue to give this thing. Here it is. If you want to give it, he said, ah, they will sack me. He said, that is it. That is it. They will sack me. An empowered man will say, if I perish, that is it. Nobody is suggesting by any stretch of imagination that there are no challenges in speaking for God in the world. There are plenty. Plenty. But the man that is empowered is not thinking about those. Because he knows that the God that called him and empowered him, he has figured it all out. See, God is an all-knowing God. If he says to you, come and pass through this lane, and there is a snake there. Uh-uh. He knows the snake is there now. And so he has a solution to the snake. So when you go out there and you see the snake, you say, in the name of Jesus, you walk past. The snake is watching you. Yes. And then you can come and give a testimony of victory. Abby. You can't give a testimony of victory when you have not uh, fought any war. Or if you are losing war, every battle you lose, every battle you lose. There's no testimony. Empowerment is to raise a people in church who will change the land. Not a people in church who will gather every Sunday and have a great time. No. It's a people who understand their role, their mission on the earth. That we are called to change this world. That the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters Cover the sea. Yes. The influence of the word of God. The light of Christ is shining in every corner. Because of you and I. That's what it's about. 
No matter where your calling is. And that's why I always remind myself every time I'm praying that God is looking for how many people? One man. That's what he told Ezekiel. He said, I saw oppression. I saw wickedness. I saw evil everywhere. And I looked for how many people? Just one person. Because every corner, I just need one person. And do you know what you discover? Do you know what you discover? That there are many people in the same place, cowed, afraid. But the day you stand up and say, this is strong, you say, yes, so. so there's somebody in front now. Uh-huh. Okay, yes, so. Yes. Uh, John, uh, speak. tell them very well. John, tell them. But if you ask them to be John, say, ah. <laughs> but the moment you stand up and you start saying something, ah, of course there will be quite a few that will uh, fight you. But all those secret uh, disciples will start coming out. But do you know the tragedy? is when you start saying this is wrong. Somebody that goes to church with you attends the same Bible study, that reads the same Bible, starts to tell you, now be careful. Don't do it. uh, Just just, can't change the... You and I can't change the whole world. Everything is messed up. Let's just be careful. Continue to pray uh, very well. That is what we call meaningless religion. Totally meaningless. Not relevant to God. Not relevant to the world. Meaningless religion. And you and I must not be part of that meaningless religion. But we must rise up. Okay? We must rise up. To take on the leadership. Because we have been empowered by the Spirit of God. God is looking for someone to walk daily and work daily with God. Oh yes, they they are ready to walk in righteousness even if they're the only one. You know? Because sometimes the world is asking you, what are you trying to prove? Say, be your brother is a dickiness. He's giving us that money. Why are you not giving us? Is your own church uh, different? You know, why are you not giving us? I know all your people. They're all giving us. Why is, why, why is your own different? You're prepared to stand alone. Because you're empowered. You're prepared to stand alone. Even if you uh, turn me down, like one pastor discovered, he said every time he goes to collect his check, they say, remember to bring a blank receipt. It's when you get there that they will tell you how much you will. Uh, uh, you put in a bill of uh, 200 naira. They are ready to pay you 2,000. Two oh, yes. So don't bring receipt. If you write receipt at home, you write 200. We are paying you 2,000. When you take your own 200, then you give us a... Uh, he said he was doing it too. He said he was doing it. Because that's the only way to collect your money. Until one day, 
until one day, one day, he said, ah, I cannot do this thing. Uh. So they called him. Remember to bring bank receipt. They dropped. He said he picked up. You can keep the whole money. I'm not coming again. Keep it. Keep everything by yourself. He said, five minutes later, they called back. Okay, it's not that bad. You can come. That's for the, how he knew that for the first time, you can collect money without doing that thing. Yes. Until you say no, you won't know that God can arise over that matter. In fact, he gave me a testimony. He said after that, he got so many jobs with people who don't even mention things like that. And he did not know that such people existed. Because, of course, the devil will always be telling you, ah, everywhere you go, it is uh, the same thing. There's so many lies out there. So many lies out there that is keeping God's people down and making it impossible for God to change the world in which you and I live in. Because nobody is standing up for truth and for righteousness. Moses, come and lead these people out of slavery and I will be with you. So that you can teach them Okay, Exodus, Exodus 19. Come and see the commission. You see, when God blesses you, you and I are rejoicing. But don't forget that God has his own agenda. Okay, now look at Exodus chapter 19 verse 3. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, verse 5 says, if you will do what? Obey me and keep my covenant. You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of what? Priests. My holy holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. In other words, the people are excited about the miracle of deliverance from slavery. They're excited. But God is excited about an opportunity to have a kingdom of what? Priests. A holy people. That's what God is excited about. And that's what tells you and I what we are supposed to do. Don't, don't, don't let religion, you know, in the, they say religion is like an anesthetic. It, dri- it drives you to sleep. So after you've come to church, after you have sung and danced, after you've paid your tithe, after you've given your offering, you go home satisfied. And then you go to your work and continue business as a... Uh, yes, it does, it does not make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. Not from God's point of view. It does not make any sense. And that's why, you see, you, you, you have to make up your mind. Am I, am I just here to, 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 be, to be a church member? Or am I here to be a servant of God? You know, some people think that servants of God are only preachers and pastors. You are a servant of God. It's a kingdom of priests. Everybody in the kingdom, everybody in the church is a priest. And you know, because God was very serious 
about the calling on the people. Come with me to Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing the mountain from the mountain, they stood at a distance trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. But please don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. Now, verse 20, you can see Moses explained to them. That's the work you and I are doing. Moses must be doing. Moses explained to them, don't be afraid. Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to do what? To test you. That is it. Everybody to test you. That's why they they offered you that. That's why they said that to you. That's why they did that thing to test you and I. To test you. Okay? And so that your fear of God will be where? In your heart. So every time they test you, they discover that you fear God. Every time they test you, all these temptations here and there, they discover that you have the fear of God in your heart. So you don't do what we call premeditated evil. You know that this thing is wrong, yet you are planning how to do it. And then Moses said he wants to keep his fear in you and so keep you from sinning. That's it too. Now, people are saying it doesn't matter if you sin. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you sin. Hear it in black and white. He wants to keep you from what? Sinning. You and I. He wants to keep us from sinning. That's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of... uh, Yes, it's the beginning of wisdom. In order to raise a people that God can use. Empowered. Holy. Defiant, brave, courageous, standing up against evil in the world. It's important then to see what God loves. Everybody must know what God loves. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Okay? So that you can, you can learn, you and I can learn what God really loves in this whole process. Because we call the the Hebrews, the church in the wilderness. Okay? But we are the church, the New Testament, the New Covenant Church. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 23 says, But when you heard the voice from the heart of the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders and elders came to me. They said, Look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans and yet we live but now why should we risk death again if the lord our god speaks to us again we will certainly die and be consumed by this awesome fire can any living thing hear the voice of the living god from the heart of the fire as we did and yet survive verse 27 go yourself and listen to what the lord our god says then come and tell us everything he tells you 
And we will listen and what? Yes, we'll do it. So now, God has brought these people. That's what must happen to you and I. And said, as I study my Bible, as I hear messages, as I meditate on the word of God, and I hear and see what God demands of me, I will hear it and I will what? I will hear. You know, they are not talking about the cost of it. He said, no matter the cost, I will hear it. I will do it. Now, I want you to look at the next verse. Because, you see, if you want to please God, if you and I want to please God, look carefully at the next verse. The Lord heard the request you made to me. And he said, I have heard what the people said to you, and they are what? Right. In other words, God is saying, this is the attitude I'm looking for. People who will say to me, Lord, whatever you command, whatever you demand, whatever you say, I will hear it and I will what? I will do it. That's what God is looking for. That's what he needs to empower you and I. Hearts that are obedient to God, not in some things, in all things. In all things. A young lady came and met me said, I think our marriage is uh, irredeemable. I said, it's only irredeemable because you are not hearing what God is saying. And or if you are hearing, you are not... Uh, yeah, yeah, simple. Simple. Both of you, if you are hearing what God is saying and doing it, uh-uh, your marriage cannot be redeemable. Yes. Now look at the next verse, verse 29, so that you know what you need to do to please God in your life. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all my commandments. If they did, they and their descendants will prosper for how long? Forever. That is it. You don't need to worry about the future of your family. Just continue to obey God. Whatever he says to you, hear it and do it, God will take care of details for you. That's what the Bible is saying. Now, let us um, um, try and uh, bring um, this word together. Okay? It is to the goal in empowerment. It is to produce for God are people who know God. It's a different thing, though, from coming to church. God wants people who know God. People who can say, my dear, we can't do that. If we do that, God will not be happy. My dear, you cannot say that. If you say that, God will not be happy with us. They know God enough to know what he likes to know what he doesn't like. They don't study their Bible to know Bible stories. They study their Bible to know God. So that when they walk daily in their lives, in their businesses, they are walking in the fear of God because they know God. Because they know God. That's why you can say to a brother, say, I know God. I know God. I don't know everything about him, but I know enough of him to know that you are headed the wrong way. 
They are going the wrong way. Oh, yes. The goal of empowerment that Moses revealed is a people who fear God and as a result of that fear of God, they depart from what? Evil. Yes. They don't do evil. You know, they, every, everybody around them knows. You cannot bring that to that man. He will not do it. You know? The goal of empowerment is to raise a people who love and obey God. In every area of their lives. That's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay? In the New Testament, the approach was the terror of God. Dread. So God comes and speaks from fire, through fire, and and there's earthquake, and there's tremor, and there is trembling, and there's thunder, and there's flashes of lightning, and everybody is what? Afraid. And, And they go to Moses and say, is that how God speaks? Please beg him for us. Let him not speak to us. Uh, Moses said, no, do you know why he's speaking like that? He wants you to know that the God you serve is an awesome God. He's a consuming fire. So that you'll always be afraid of him to do what he what, wants. Always doing what he wants because you're, you're, you know God. You're afraid of him. But it's in the New Testament. It's a totally different thing. The Apostle Paul said, what is compelling us is not the dread of God, but what? The love. 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ compels me. It's a totally different uh, uh, approach. He said, some people say, oh, it's because of the love of God I can relax. Huh? No, because of the love of God, when I see how far Jesus went to deliver me from sin, Ah, I'm ready to say no. I am ready to say no. So, some people are implying that um, it's better to return to Old Testament to that if God speaks with, through fire, everybody will be very sober. Oh, yes. If you came to church this morning and they'll... And then the, the, the chair is shaking like this. Shaking earthquake underneath us. They say, what is happening? They say, God is trying to warn us against sin. Please tell him to stop. We will not sin again. Please. Please tell him. I beg him to stop. You know. Yes. But now that it is love, many people are taking things. Uh, yes. They are taking things for granted. It shouldn't be so, my brethren. It shouldn't be so. That love must compel us. I love Jesus so much. That I cannot do that. That's a testimony a man gave me. He was, um, he was not rich at all. You know. But then some of his um, relations are very rich. And somebody came and asked him. Say, ah, why can't you join them in this business they are doing? You know, so that you can be rich. Like, yes. I cannot forget the answer the man gave. He said he told them. That the Bible has tied uh, his hand. Yes. He said, the Bible has tied my hands. I, ca- I can't do it. I cannot do what they are doing. Because of money, I can't. 
There must be many Christians going to their offices where all this corruption is taking place and announcing the Bible has a... Mm. Mm. Not uh, like a sister. Uh, she's a teacher. We ask, uh, um, what are you doing about examination malpractice? He said, ah, once I distribute the paper, I just start reading my Bible. If they're cheating, ah, that's their business. Is that how to be Christian? Is to invigilate and then be going around. What paper is this? Ah, I can't, your, your, your exam is finished. If you cheat, your exam is finished. Somebody said they will bring out knife and stab you. That's why we need empowerment. In the second service, I'm going to talk to you about the details of empowerment. Because if you know, if you know that if you stand up for God here, there is danger, then seek empowerment. Seek empowerment. It's not to go there and become a, a, a victim. No. It's to go there and let the anointing you carry subdue evil. That's what it is. And, 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 and nobody gets it. You see, we have been universally Universally, I have poured my spirit upon. But we, have you received your own? It's because you, you kneel down. We are going to explore this. You know, Jesus said, ask and you shall what? Receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and you shall be. He said, whoever asks does what? Receives. Whoever seeks finds. Whoever knocks to him it shall be what? Then he turned around and said, Which one of you, having a son, if he asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? What is the answer to that? Yes. He said, If he asks for fish, will you give him a scorpion? It's okay. Look at you. You are evil. You are evil. But you know how to do what? Good to your children. Say, how much more? Luke eleven thirteen. We are going to spend time on it. How much more will the Father give who? The Holy Spirit. In other words, there is one answer to the problem you and I are facing, standing up for God in the world. And who is that answer? Yes. Jesus said to his disciples, when they arrest you and take you before the Sanhedrin, he said, don't, don't med- premeditate on what you will say. But just go there. The spirit of your father will be speaking through you. Jesus is saying, the solution to your fear, to your lack of courage, to my lack of boldness, the solution is the Holy Ghost. An empowered man in whom the spirit of God is vibrating is bold. Is bold. Is courageous. I want you to bow your head and say, Lord Jesus, I need you to empower me by your Holy Spirit. I repent. I repent of all the confusion in my life 
I repent. I seriously repent. I will not go back. I will not go back to all these old ways. I must show that I am empowered by the Holy Ghost to stand up against evil in my world. No longer will the world undermine me. No longer will the world entrap me. No longer will the world enslave me. No. God wants to empower you and I, my brother, my sister. And so if you're here and you have not truly opened up your heart to Jesus, if you're here, it has all been religion, church, but not the life of God in the spirit, then this is the time to repent and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, forgive me. Let your Holy Spirit empower me today. I desire with all my heart, I desire with all my heart to stand up for you in the world. The world and the devil will no longer intimidate me. Holy Spirit, come and empower me. I want to pray with everyone. I want to pray with everyone who is determined to begin to take a stand for God where they are. Whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in the club, wherever you find yourself, you are determined from today to begin to take a stand for God. You may be the only one, but it doesn't matter. So long as the Holy Spirit is upon your life, say, yes, I'm prepared to be the only one. As many as are saying this prayer in their heart, my brother, my sister, I want to pray with you. So wherever you are, you want me to pray with you, you can raise your hand and let us pray together. Is there someone here this morning? Is there someone? Yes, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Wherever you are, raise your hand. Raise your hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. Raise it up well. Raise it up well. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are this morning, I want to pray with you. This is a very important hour. Is there someone else? Is there someone else? The Spirit is saying to you, this is what you need to do. Moses had his encounter. You can have your encounter today. As many of you as have your hand raised, please come and join me here. Let us pray. Stand up to your feet and come and join me. Come and join me. Yes, please come. Please come. Don't hesitate. Please come. Do not hesitate. Wherever you are. Yes, God bless you. Yes, wherever you are. It's, it's so important. You see, when, when I gave my life to Christ in 1970, I received the Russian mighty wind. And then later on, I began to speak in other tongues. And then revelations began to come. Revelations everywhere you go. God is giving revelations of what to do, how to do, where to go, how to say. Revelations, we cannot do it by ourselves. But you are determined now, you know that you have made up your mind. I want to follow God. You just have to make up your mind. You have to make up your mind. Is that someone else? You see, you have been, you have been doing religion. You have been doing religion. 
Then stop, stop today, stop. And say, Lord, I am going to follow you. I will do religion no more. I want to follow you. So that I will become a beacon of light everywhere I am. I will challenge evil everywhere I am. I will say no, even if I'm the only one. Is there someone ready for this? Brethren, I want you to put your right hand to your chest. You know, every time I do that, it's because I want to, God to know that I pray from my heart. That, and that means I'm ready to follow through on this. So say with me, Oh Lord my God, I can't hear you, oh Lord my God, I thank you for your word. I repent of all my sins. Lord Jesus, you died for my sins. You rose again to empower me. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. And this day, by your grace, I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. And the world in which I live, they will know from me that you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, O oh God. May your Holy Spirit come afresh upon me now to empower me, to give me a heart of steel, to give me courage and boldness. Thank you, O oh God, for in Jesus' precious name I have prayed. Amen. Holy Father, breathe your life on these your children. May your Holy Spirit indwell them to give them wisdom, courage, boldness, and inner strength. That Lord, they will stand up for God on the earth. Father, may these ones become pillars in the house of our God. Pillars of light in their world. Shining in the world of darkness. Thank you, O oh God. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, you may stand. You may stand. Everybody stand. I live for Jesus day after day. I live for Jesus. Let come what may, the Holy Spirit. I will obey. I live for Jesus. Day after day. My brother, I want you to bow your head, bow your heart. God wants you to do exploits. He wants you to do exploits where you are. And he needs from you and I a heart commitment. Let come what may, I will live for Jesus. Let come what may, I will live for Jesus. I will speak up for Jesus. I will stand for Jesus. Make a heart commitment. And you know tomorrow what will be waiting for you as a result. Whether at home, at work, in your business, 
you decide to live for Jesus, you know what is waiting for you. You know. But you are saying, let come what may. Somebody is making a hard decision so that God can make you a pillar of light in your world. I live for Jesus day after day after day I live for Jesus day after day I live for Jesus let come what may the Holy Spirit has whispered something to me. He said he wants to raise in this place men and women he can use to change the nation. Everything depends on the commitment you make today. And you're going to say to God to be able to be numbered amongst those he will use because a great move of God is coming to this nation. But he needs people whose hearts are solid. He wants you and I to know that he has people here. And you should be able to say to him, Lord, I want to be one of them. Position me. Empower me. So that I can stand up for you. And be used by you to change this nation. Tomorrow, temptations are going to come to neutralize that resolve. But don't worry about that. Just say, Holy Spirit, be with me. Speak through me. Empower me. Give me boldness and courage. Just keep in touch with him. And you will see miracles happen. You see victories that you never thought were possible. And as you make this commitment, ask for grace to hold steady. Until like Moses, you get your call and you get your commission. So that you will be ready. So many people have gone there. And they, some did evil, some neither did good nor evil. But you don't want to be that. You want to be, you and I want to be like Moses. You went there and the purposes of God were successfully executed. In Jesus' name we pray. I didn't hear that amen well. Put your right hand to your chest. Say, say with me, O oh Lord my God, I covenant with you this day, 21st July, oh, 14th July, 
2019. I covenant with you that by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I will be faithful to you. I will be faithful to your word. I will be faithful to your ways all the days of my life that your glory may be revealed to the world through me. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, Father, as your people, as many as have spoken from their heart, Lord Jesus, empower them by your spirit now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, let your communion be with them. That they may hear the voice of God behind them saying, this is the way. And as they hear it, Lord, give each one grace to obey in the name of Jesus. That through these men and women, Nigeria will be changed. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And all God's people said... Uh,